Up next, Biz 503, the Portland-centric podcast for startups and small businesses. We believe it, we live it, and there's something about Brand Portland that has taken a meteoric rise in our world. Good afternoon and welcome to Biz 503, the Portland-centric podcast for startups and small businesses. I'm Rebecca Webb. Maybe this week it should be called Biz 360 since we're all about Vancouver today, our neighbor to the north across the Columbia, annoyed over the years by its moniker as a bedroom community to Portland, suddenly a hotbed of business development. We have two business leaders in studio to talk more about what's happening in Vancouver. But first, Biz 503 producer Lynn Davis has spent time in Vancouver talking to folks on the ground. Hey, Lynn, what'd you find? Well, I wanted to get two sides of the small business and startup scene in Vancouver. And so I first talked to Andy Lowry, CEO of a startup that just moved Vancouver this summer. I met him through Dave Barcos, uh, founder of The Bridge, a Vancouver-based startup incubator. And uh, we'll be talking to him a little bit more later. But let me first play that interview with Andy. My name is Andy Lowry. I'm the chief executive officer of a company called Realware. Uh, Realware is located in Vancouver, in fact, on Fort Vancouver, on in a beautiful artillery barracks that's been renovated by the city. Um, we uh, presently design, produce, manufacture, sell head-mounted Android tablets, which I know sounds weird. And how do you put a tablet on the head? Well, the structure of the tablet is such that it runs around a brim of a hard helmet or a baseball cap. And the purpose of these Android tablets are to supply the same sort of computer power, mobile computer power, to industrial workers without them having to use their hands to operate it, because often they're not able to use their hands to operate these systems. The company was originally founded in 2015. We started down in Silicon Valley, uh, spent about a year there, and recently as we began to expand and hire, we decided to relocate our headquarters right here to Fort Vancouver. So a lot of people have asked, why Vancouver? You know, why this small town north of Portland? What compelled us to move here as our headquarters? And great people, number one, out of the gate. People say, is there talent? Absolutely. There is talent galore in this region. And that's what we've been finding since we've started. And we've started recruiting, by the way. So we have real evidence. Three, great cost of living great place to, to be. And then Fort Vancouver, one of the most beautiful campuses probably in the world, I would uh, venture to say, steeped with history and nature and all these different things. Um, we love it here. We did do kind of a comprehensive trade study when we began to expand. And of course, the compelling event there is really just the price of living and the price of recruiting and hiring down there is 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 really, really high. I mean, Companies like Google and Apple, they create a very competitive environment for talent, which uh, drives the price up, just uh, to be frank. So we looked for somewhere where the cost of living was reasonable. About a week into the, the search, uh, someone introduced me to Fort Vancouver, the building, Mike True, uh, which runs the facility and, and the renovation projects. And at times in your life when something happens where a round peg just fits right into a round hole, you go, geez, this is it. This is it. This is where real wear belongs. 
One of the things uh, here in Vancouver that a lot of the leadership had the foresight to do is as they anticipated this technical renaissance that seems to be occurring just north of Portland, they began to invest in the infrastructure of these older buildings. And so uh, Mike True and team put in somewhere around four or five million dollars to renovate and take this uh, building that was built in 1904 up to 2017 standards. So when you come into the office, what you'll see is this juxtapositioning of old history and brand new technology. And it's kind of, I jokingly say, this is kind of like a, our take, Realware's take on steampunk. When I saw this, I said, someone has engineered and architected this building for Realware. It represents who we are to, to the core. The other thing that, you know, always gets questioned when you go to a place that doesn't have such a concentration of tech are, are two questions, actually. One is, uh, what about talent? How, how's the talent look? And then the other is, in order to try to source that talent, where do you go looking? And uh, a, lot of, a lot of places, Silicon Valley uh, has tons and tons of these things, uh, have these tech startup groups that uh, start to percolate and start to meet and put themselves out there for recruiting purposes, awareness purposes, and just community service purposes. By doing that and networking with these other companies, we learn all the ins and outs, the road bumps, you know, that you hit, uh, the, the ideas. And then what we bring as a Silicon Valley startup is kind of a lot of know-how. Let's say you're a small little startup that wants to learn about logistics or repair or how to get contract manufacturing overseas. And you're in the local region, you go, who should we go talk to? Well, you show up to a bridge event and there I am or they're one of my uh, product officers at or something like that. And we're sitting there communicating, helping you out and everything else. And that's how you build and build and build, which we intend to do here. Be a very, very, very active member of the community, help with community service, help with things like startups and folks that have questions about how to get things started. How do I do payroll? How do I do this? And that's something that we've just gone through as Realware and we've learned the lessons and we've learned some of the optimal ways and directions to go. And that's what we're trying to do with the community by participating in organizations like The Bridge. Wow, he's really excited. <laughs> yeah, as you can tell, he's, he could not be more excited to be in Vancouver. And the building is indeed gorgeous. Tin ceilings, hardwood floors. It's the old ammunitions building at the fort, actually. So the basement even has a little checkout room where soldiers would go to get their ammunition, sort of like the you check out towels at the gym. And <laughs> the place is a hive of activity already, even though there's very little unpacked in the office. They're mostly sitting on folding chairs. Uh, their director of HR has a little table in the corner of one of these large echoey rooms. But there's obviously a lot happening there and a lot of enthusiasm for Vancouver, as you heard. And this prediction. Mark my words, we will have a technical renaissance here. We'll have another boom period for Vancouver, which has had many boom periods throughout history. And that boom period will be, um, will be catalyzed by technology companies settling and putting their headquarters right here, just like Realware did uh, in the last few months. Well, that is the tech startup side of things. Who else have you been talking to over in Vancouver? Well, I was really interested in a particular street in Vancouver. That's Fourth Plain Boulevard. It's one of the city's major streets. And it's the city's most ethnically diverse area. And what the city has built is its international district, and rightly so. About 85% of the restaurants along the corridor serve international cuisine, Mexican, Thai, Vietnamese. And there are numerous other small, often immigrant-owned businesses. In fact, about 20% of the residents along the corridor were born outside the U.S., but it also faces some challenges. 
The area along Fourth Plain has a poverty rate of over 35%, which is about double the city's average. And there's graffiti and a wide, high-traffic street that's not very walkable. A PSU study two years ago found that about 15% of commercial buildings on Inner Fourth Plain were vacant at the time. A lot is going on there, though. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of interest from the city in realizing the area's potential. There was a major community planning effort in 2015, and there's a new anchor business. Uh, there are new anchor businesses, multiple, like a new full-service grocery store. And just in January this year, the region's first bus rapid transit line opened along Fourth Plain. Uh, that line has snazzy new buses and stations and connects downtown to the Vancouver Mall near I-205. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a more happening place than it used to be, for sure. And one of the people who's been following the neighborhood the longest and who's tried to promote for a decade or so what he sees as the great opportunities there is a man named Sharif Birdzik. He helped restart a business association along the corridor in 2007 when he was the branch manager of a bank on Fourth Plain Boulevard. And he gave me the long view of where the business community along Fourth Plain has been and where it's going. I'm Sharif Birdzik, and back in 2006-2007, I was a assistant vice president for First Independent Bank, which was a local community bank at the time, and I was managing the branch in close-in Fourth Plain area here in Vancouver. Currently, I work at Riverview Community Bank as a vice president. So basically, when I took over managing the branch, I believe it was about 2007, uh, on 4th plane, I saw an area that hadn't gotten a lot of attention for quite some time. And uh, the bank that I worked for at the time recently uh, spent a decent amount of money to remodel that facility right on 4th plane. And there were some, uh, some who questioned the idea of putting a lot of money into a facility that's in an area that at the time was pretty economically disadvantaged. But the bank saw it and, and I started to embrace the idea that it can be a catalyst for some change. You see one neighbor beautifying their property and remodeling it and keeping it up nicely, and it can have a domino effect. So I, I saw that as an opportunity in an area of town here in Vancouver that's got some unique attributes. Not all of them positive, but, but some of them are. It's got a fairly low rental rate on the commercial side. So the barriers to starting a small business are much lower than they are in other areas of town. So the concept of an economic incubator can apply there. There's a lot of diversity uh, in the residents. There's a lot of diversity in uh, you know, the marketplaces uh, in the corridor, as well as the restaurants. So there's reason for people outside that area to take the time to go down there for lunch, go, to, go there for dinner, check out some of the marketplaces. There's a lot of business owners and residents in that, that area that really have a passion for, for beautifying their neighborhood and making it a little more vibrant. And some see it as a positive, some as a negative, but the property lot sizes are, are generally much smaller than you would find on a what's essentially a urban corridor with a lot of traffic going through it. And you have these lot sizes that are about the size of the old single-family home lots. You, you can promote a, a little bit more of a walkable uh, environment. And the small lot size also goes in with the, uh, it's a lower barrier to open a small business. As the economy's turned, there's more and more interest in that area, helping it revitalize. Still believe what I believed back then, which is that a little bit of effort can go a long way. 
be exciting to see some changes. Um, there have been, I mean, it's a, it's a different looking and feeling area now than it was even seven or eight years ago. CTRAN, uh, Vancouver's Public Transportation Agency, completed the Vine project, the articulated buses and the more ADA accessible uh, stations along Fourth Plain. As the economy has recovered, so have some of the businesses, and they're seeing more patronage. They're putting a little bit more money into beautifying their facade, repainting, seeing new restaurants go in. Uh, Clark College is just off the corridor and has some significant new construction going on. So everything has been pointing in a hopeful direction. Thanks to DIY Marketing Center in Vancouver, offering a text-to-win networking training Friday, November 10th. For your chance to win the free Next Level Training at the Vancouver Chamber of Commerce, text 27299, the word COUV, C-O-U-V. Thanks, DIY Marketing. Support for Biz 503 comes from acreative.agency, specializing in marketing, automation, and web development. For more, go to acreative.agency. Welcome back. We've just been hearing from Sharif Birdzik, a Vancouver business leader, about the rising of Fourth Plain Boulevard in Vancouver. And since it's all about Vancouver today on Biz 503, we have Dave Barcos and Ronnie Noyes with us in the studio. They are two Vancouver business leaders. And thank you again for sticking around. You want to comment about that, Dave? I know your bridge is an incubator and it seems like there's something going on that's causing energy to come to these business areas. Yeah, there really is. I think what we're seeing is with companies like Realware and other, and other companies and stories that I'm hearing is they're getting engaged in the community. They want to be part of the energy and growth that's happening. Makes sense. Ronnie? And also what I've noticed has been a definite rise in the participation um, in the business communities through the uh, local services such as uh, the city um, and uh, SCORE and the, the, there's a new Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in Vancouver. And of course, the, Vancou the Greater Vancouver Chamber of Commerce has been a dominant force in the local business community for years and it's only getting bigger. I want to hear Andy Lowry's prediction one more time. Mark my words, we will have a technical renaissance here. We'll have another boom period for Vancouver, which has had many boom periods throughout history. And that boom period will be, um, will be catalyzed by technology companies settling and putting their headquarters right here, just like Realware did uh, in the last few months. Andy specifically cited the people, the talent, the cost of living, the natural beauty. Doesn't get much better than that. No, I, I call it the, you know, the, the real white picket fence of America, you know, with, with just, you know, great, great individuals um, that are living a lifestyle um, because of the, the, uh, the cost of living and, and the access to, to um, great services that you just, you attract really good people that want to be, that want to be involved and want to start doing some great things. And I think that's starting to show in, in the business culture, which is exciting. It is exciting, and that covers tech, but what are some other kinds of businesses you're seeing at The Bridge? Uh, we, at The Bridge as an incubator, we help people that are across all spans. I have uh, subject matter experts that we're working with, and that's a, 
uh, crafting their products and building social media uh, platform. Um, What's a subject matter expert? Uh, so Nora, <laughs> Nora, Nora Gaudas, uh is a primal and paleo subject matter expert. She is an incredible mind that works in um, uh, in uh, uh, nutritional planning. And um, as a subject matter expert that way, you have a structure of products that you offer, whether that's consultative time, whether that's books, whether that's online things. And so we're helping her set up those structures uh, to, to sell and promote each one of those individual services. So there's cool. a whole business around it. Cool. And some, are there others? Uh, there are others. We have Internet of Things companies, people that are making uh, uh, countertop devices uh, to keep your beer fresh and cold and carbonated. Um, people that uh, one of one of our longest, oldest, uh, uh, greatest companies is uh, Pan's Mushroom Jerky. Uh, it's amazing. He's been importing it from from uh, Malaysia for I think about a year and a half now, and we've been working with him to bring over production uh, into the states. So now he's actually got a leased kitchen over here, and he's starting to transition and make a new vegan version that he's just ready to launch. Very cool, Ronnie. You work particularly with a lot of women-owned businesses. What are the sort of challenges and advantages for them of being in Vancouver? Well, I've noticed that with this boom that we're having in our economy, it's created a very hospitable environment for the kitchen table startup. And that has been particularly good for uh, women who have not had any access to angel or investor funds who are really bootstrapping it, who are putting out a shingle, so to speak, with really just a few bucks in the bank and their time, expertise, or talents. So, for example, um, one of my sisters in the Women Entrepreneurs Organization has recently opened a, a new business called Mall Nanny at the mall. We're seeing she's seen a lot more um, stuff happening at the mall now that Cinetopia is there, and now she's providing services for parents who are at the mall to be able to watch their kids. And this is not a multi-million dollar business. So but she's babysitting kids at the mall. Yeah, well, but yeah, babysitting. I don't know if she would call it babysitting, but, <laughs> but yes, essentially, herding might be yes. a great uh, yeah, herding. wrangling, wrangling. Um, <laughs> might be a better thing. But what's interesting is that is a service I think that people have uh, probably always wanted, but n haven't had the uh, the funds to be able to enjoy. But now, you know, with, with this very uh, with our Again, hospitable business environment, people are making money, things mm -hmm. are going well, and a rising tide raises all boats. One I, hopes. I think, that's a, I think that's a great point to make is we talk about entrepreneurism and uh, the scale of entrepreneurism uh, is, is vast, right? The kitchen table startup um, fills a great spot in it, and there's a, a, a great opportunity for people to grab a hold of something, create a, create a living out of it. Uh, and that, you know, Vancouver offers that really well. And we're starting to see, you know, companies form because of that. Um, business registrations, I get a list every month from the city of new business registrations. And that's been growing and growing and growing um, for the past, for the probably for the past year and a half. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's exciting to see. But I think what what that's also doing is building a culture of engagement and innovation. And we're seeing that attract companies like Realware and Companies like Quote Center that are getting acquired by Home Depot. You know, these larger stories are happening because of that kitchen table stuff. And, just, and talk about the role of women-owned businesses because you think it's very significant. I do. I do. I appreciate it. Uh, I was uh, I was raised by a woman. Uh, and um, <laughs> many of us have, were. <laughs> have never, yeah, but I've never had that, I've never had that that challenge of looking at that as as being a hurdle. 
Um, and I think, you know, the perspective and drive that, that women-owned business brings, I think is incredibly overlooked. Uh, and I, and I want to see and support more of it. And what about micro-businesses? Ronnie, I know you deal with micro-businesses as well. First of all, would you define that? Yeah. So I think of a micro-business essentially as a solopreneurship, and typically they're in revenues in the, in the first couple of years of under uh, six figures. And many of these are service-based businesses. These are uh, women who are doing what they know. And so they're not able to get any sort of outside funding. They just start selling their um, hairdressing services or whatever it is until they can um, grow a business. And I've noticed that that's growing a lot uh, lately. I think it's because women have more courage because there are more support services now available. There are a ton of new organizations for networking and for business skills development, Vancouver really has a nice environment for the would-be entrepreneur. And I think that that is very um, uh, relevant to the rise in small businesses. Yeah, it really runs the gamut. We heard from Sharif Birdzik about what's happening on Fourth Plain Boulevard and other parts of Vancouver. Other parts of Vancouver are up and coming as well, including a massive waterfront development project and downtown revitalization. We're going to talk about those projects when we come back. Thanks to acreative.agency, specializing in marketing, automation, and web development. For more, go to acreative.agency. Need a co-working space in Vancouver? CoLab invites you to try it out. Text 27299, the word COUV, C-O-U-V, for your chance to win the day of free co-working at CoLab in Vancouver. Welcome back to Biz 503 on PRP. Happy to have you joining us today. In studio, we have Dave Barcos and Ronnie Noyes, Vancouver business leaders. And when we left our story, we were talking about Fourth Plain, where so many things are going on. But one of the biggest projects is not on Fourth Plain. It's on the waterfront. What's the vision for a big market, kind of a Seattle-like pike market for Vancouver? It really is. The Waterfront Project is really, really exciting. It's been an area that's been owned by uh, Boise Cascade for 100 years, uh, has recently been brought back, and there's major developers. It is uh, a development that runs 10 city blocks, three blocks wide, um, and it is right on the waterfront. It's a, a beautiful play, place. Um, and if you drive by off of the I-5 bridge right now, you can see you can see the two buildings that are all, almost ready to move in. We've got Ghost Runner Brewing that's coming in there, Wildfin Restaurant, I think Twigs is a martini bar. Uh, and then within the next month, you'll start to see uh, the office complexes and condo uh, uh, condominiums that are that are going in there as well. So beautiful space that's planned and making a huge impact. Cool. When will we be able to go in, do you know? They said uh, you'll be able to have drinks on the patio next spring. Spring of 2018. Spring of 2018. I love it. Yep. Ronnie, for somebody who's thinking about, you know, maybe starting up a business and considering Vancouver, where's a good place for them to start? Great question, Rebecca. The best place to start is at the Greater Vancouver Chamber of Commerce. They've got a number of programs to acquaint new businesses and up in, um, future businesses with the local business environment, including their small business assistance program and their PTAC program. And they are also connected to SCORE and a number of other resources that are available locally, usually for free. And I know that you would be happy to have them also tap into your resources. Absolutely. Well, the DIY Marketing Center is located inside the Greater Vancouver Chamber of Commerce, so I'm right there to help. Right. And I would and I would uh, mirror the exact same thing. Uh, the Bridge Incubator, 
uh, is uh, an organization that helps uh, high-impact and scalable businesses. Uh, so when you're doing interstate commerce or starting to do business off of the internet, you start to face a lot of different challenges that a lot of Main Street businesses don't. And so we can help in that area as well. Okay, I'm going to throw a, a little monkey wrench into things here because I, I we can't really not talk about <laughs> the connection between Portland and Vancouver, that pesky I-5 bridge, and also the tension around the subject of light rail. Would you care to speculate about whether the rising economic activity in Vancouver will change any minds along those lines? Yeah, I think it's really important. Uh, you have to understand kind of the, the dynamic that's causing that problem. We have about 425,000 in uh, people in uh, in Clark County. Uh, about 75 to 100,000 of those cross the bridge every day, and that's what's creating the problem. Really, if we develop more of that tech center, of uh, more of that business community, more of the opportunity that exists inside of Southwest Washington, we're going to be keeping some of that brain trust. We're going to reduce the commute by having that be having that presence. Um, the other thing we'll start to do is we'll start to attract people out of Portland to come up here where it's a reverse commute. So we see this this solution of of building a larger ecosystem and and uh, business structures and connections um, that actually fixes things in so, a huge respect. So you don't think the rising economic activity necessarily forecasts a change of heart on replacing the bridge or adding light rail? Well, the bridge needs replacing because it's going to fall down on somebody. Uh, and it's the, one of the only drawbridges on the interstate system in the U.S. So, yes, I believe it needs to be replaced. I don't think it's going to fix the problem. I think a third bridge in certain areas could do incredible things. Um, if you look at opening up the region, a bridge directly east to west from Ridgefield over to Scappoose does amazing things for the growth in the North County as well as open up the other side of Portland coming in. Anything you want to add, Ronnie? Yeah, actually, I predict that what it's going to take to get light rail over to Vancouver is the um, uh, incoming workforce from Portland into Vancouver as it becomes uh, a greater technology center. So I think we're going to have light rail because of Portlanders, not because of Vancouver people. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Hey, people seem to forget, too. We also have um, uh, Amtrak actually runs a commuter train. There is a bridge already going across. Um so there, there are other options that we're not exploring, even outside of light rail, that could be a quicker solution. Very fascinating talking to you about all the things going on in Vancouver. Dave Barcos and Ronnie Noyes, thank you so much for Thanks. making it across the river <laughs> to Portland <laughs> Radio Project. We appreciate it. It's great, great to be here. Thanks for having us. In light of all the changes to the food cart scene, pods closing and opening, Food carts will be the subject of Biz 503 next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us.